Stinging waves, fox spear, lock is action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Beat your bad left, Edward is an idiot. Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beat me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Monday, July 10th, 2023. We are live for the next hour. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. So let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking because we have got an absolutely gorn-tastic show for you guys tonight. You could say we're going to be wild, maybe. Uh, we're just going to have some fun. It's going to be absolutely gorn-tastic. I just can't tell you. It's going to be gornography to the max. So you definitely want to give us a call if you're into the gorn. If you're as gorny as we are, you want to give us a call, 646 because we have with us the one, the only, Andy Bray, and he put together a Trek sketch, oh, I think it was a month ago, maybe a month ago, uh, called Starship Secrets, and it was all about the Gorn. It was all about uh, Kirk fighting the Gorn, and uh, from Chekhov's point of view. And we usually, when we have Andy on, we usually call it checking in with Chekhov, because um, Andy always brings Pavel along with him, and uh, he shares his opinions with us. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of the Gorn, if you're a fan of Andy, if you're a fan of Chekhov, you definitely don't want to miss this show because it's going to be a blast. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce to you my lone expert tonight, our very own Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. I may get a little bit of... Eric, or a fan hitting me tonight on noise, but it's like, nah, with 105 or so outside, I think I want a little bit of breeze hitting me. Well, up up here in Vermont, we're having flash flood warnings. It's been raining, 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 and uh, we've got our bags packed uh, because during Irene, the uh, creek across the street from us jumped its bank and we had to leave. So we've got our bags packed, and we're ready to go if they give the evacuation warning. But don't worry, because we're going to finish the podcast first, because the show must go on. So we'll finish the podcast first, if that happens. Well, without any further ado, you've heard me speak of his greatness. And here he is, live on the line with us right now, the one, the only, Andy Bray. How are you doing tonight, Andy? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me back. And I want to let you know that if the floodwaters come and sweep you away, I'm ready with Charles to jump in and take over for you. <laughs> that would that would be going yeah. fantastic. 
Just give so, us a heads up. Say, I'm out of here, and we'll, we'll take over. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be flying down the river. <laughs> I'll be going to the USA. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you guys we've had, a, we've had to take oh. over for Jim a couple of times. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, Getting washed out down I the river? Bit. I hope not. Well, no, no, I think I, it's I, out. I got bit right in the I got bit in the ass by a spider up at camp. Oh, and uh, I went to the doctor and it was, my butt swelled up like a golf like a golf ball. <laughs> and so they went and they were like, "Whoa!" And they're all coming in and taking pictures and looking and 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 uh, they gave me an antibiotic shot and it kind of made me really queasy. And I, you know, I did the show and I was I fell asleep during the podcast. And Eric and Charles <laughs> had to step in and take over because the drugs knocked me out. <laughs> so, you know, well, that's why you have, have trusting number one to take over when the captain's uh, ass is bent. That's yeah. right. So <laughs> that's not going to happen tonight, though. But uh, for <laughs> those of you who may have missed it, Andy's got some really great Trek sketches that you can find on YouTube. Uh, this is the most recent one that he did, which, which – in my humble opinion, is probably mm-hmm. one of the best. I mean, this this one is so funny. I watched it like a half a dozen times. My ribs are sore from laughing. It's just it's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's really really good. And we're gonna play it for you guys in a little bit. So don't worry if you missed it. You can listen to it right here live. Uh, but I suggest that you go and watch the actual video on YouTube. But you're gonna hear the audio in in a little bit here. And, and you um, can find the, the video. My, my YouTube handle is at the Andy Bray TV, or you can go to my website, uh, theandybray.com, and I've got all the, the videos there. You definitely do that. There are some great. There's some great stuff there. Um, but as to give it a little preface, uh, I think the reason why I, one of the reasons why I love this particular video so much is. When the Gorn showed up on Strange New World last year in episode nine, Polly of Mercy, everybody was up in arms because they changed the canon. It's it's an alternate universe because they changed the canon. They, you know, the Gorn didn't look like that, and they turned it into aliens, and blah, 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 on and on and on and on. So on a Monday show, just like this one, we said, well, we got to get together, and we got to brainstorm the Gorn. We got to talk Gorn. So uh, Andy joined us on that show, and we, we spent the whole hour talking about the Gorn and how could the Gorn from Cestus Three be the same Gorn that we see bursting out of people's chests and eating people alive and spitting acid. Spent an hour, but we came up with some damn good reasons that I thought were very logical and made a lot of sense. And you guys can go I find so that too. show on our podcast. Yeah. You can find it and listen to it. And so... Just to preface this video, that might be why I, I, I think it's so funny because a lot of the stuff that's in this particular video were things that we had brought up on the podcast. So um, yeah. it was just hilarious. Well, the, the podcast is really the inspiration for the video. I mean, I, I've got a number of Trek sketches that I've got lined up. And I think even at that point, I had some Trek sketches that I wanted to do, like the, the lens flares. Uh, Trek sketch from the Kelvin universe that keeps getting pushed back and back. Although I'm finally beginning filming on it this week. Um, 
and but I, you know, I've had all these sketches that I, I've that are either ideas, little nuggets that I write down, or full-fledged scripts that I've already got written. And right now, for instance, I've got about three or four full-fledged scripts for future Trek sketches written. So when I did that Gorn episode, I, I think I had two or three sketches already written, and probably about a half dozen ideas written down in my, my notes app. And after our discussion, after Chekhov popped in and, and gave his grievances about Kirk's fight with the, the Gorn and how he didn't think it was quite on the level after having seen the, the uh, Strange New World Gorn, he, he accused – and I don't want to give too much away because it's in the sketch. Uh, he accused the captain of maybe inflating the, the fight a bit and maybe fighting an elderly Gorn. And that was afterwards uh, – I don't remember who said it, but one of you suggested, oh, this would make for great Trek sketches. And I immediately decided to, to make notes of it. And I went back and I, I, I had a little paper that I, I had written out before our interview, just a little for, for the checkoff improvisation, you know, little things that I wanted to hit. And then I, I took that as well as the transcript from the episode, and that was the basis for writing that Trek sketches. I took those bits and then just elaborated on it. So really, the Trek sketch you all are going to hear tonight originated on this show. Uh, and, and so really, I, I should give credit to the entire cast of, of Trek Talking for helping to originate this sketch. Well, if it wasn't for you and your brilliance and Pablo Chekhov, you guys brought it to life. So that, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, and really, but, Pablo would want to take full credit for everything, so we should probably just give him credit. <laughs> well, he deserves it, too. I mean, he's down there shoveling coal for Captain Kirk, you know, all day. But he, he deserves it's true. It. He works so hard to keep that ship going. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a vital cog in the wheel. So before we, <laughs> before we get to this particular uh, skit, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, is Arena... And, and the Gorn is that one of your one of your favorite episodes? Is that one of the TOS episodes that you're that you remember very fondly? I do. I love that episode. I mean, for being the 1960s and for you know the, the shoestring budget that TOS had, I I still don't think the rubber suit looks all that bad. I know it's a rubber suit, and that much is clear. And and as I poke fun of in the sketch, you know some of the movements and. and seem a little lackluster, but I mean, even, even making the sketch and, and finding photos of the Gorn to put into the sketch, I mean, it's you can kind of see where the eye holes are, but it's really well done. The head it, it looks convincing, especially when you think about the 1960s. Half the population didn't even have color TVs, and even the ones with color TVs didn't have anything close to the, the high-definition televisions we have now. That that suit would have absolutely sold as, as a, a sinister reptilian creature. So, I mean, I think it holds up. And, and overall, the story about, you know, fighting something because we're afraid of it and, and, and fighting over territory, and really if we take the time to, to stop and think, we can work out our differences. We don't need to kill those that offend us or those that cross into our territory or those that – we're at war with. There's a mercy is is the one of the best human qualities. So I, I think 
I think, yeah, definitely one of my favorite TOS episodes. I mean, just the, the, the look of it. Vasquez Rocks is so iconic. The, the story, the, the themes, the, the morals, it's great. And who doesn't love Kirk fighting a big lizard? I've, I've always – that's one of my favorite TOS episodes of all time, and that's why people are like, well, if you like that episode so much, how can you like the, the abomination that they did on Strange New Worlds? And that's where the premise of the podcast came from, and that's why we did that yeah. show. You know, and to, I couldn't to, disagree with that kind of thinking more. I mean – See, that's like saying you couldn't like any Star Trek post-original series that has the Klingons because the Klingons don't look the same, you know, as they did in the original series. But there's budget concerns. Right. The Klingons evolved necessarily. They, they couldn't afford to make the Klingons look alien more than just putting some shoe polish on their faces in the original series, some, some Genghis Khan mustaches on them. But the Klingons, as they are now, are heads and shoulders above of where they were. And I think it's the same with the Gorn. I mean, the, the, the basis of the Gorn, the, the, the basics of the Gorn are still there. They are just simply updating it to make it more, more manageable for mo- modern audiences. And then as Star Trek fans, we're a little biased. We look at that 1960s rubber suit and we say, yeah, that works because we grew up with it. But for other audiences, it looks like a man in a rubber suit, and, and they're more – I don't want to say sophisticated. I don't want to say that Star Trek fans are not sophisticated, but we, we've kind of accepted the limitations of the original series and the budget that it had, and I don't see any problem with updating it. I, mean, I, I think I've said it before on this show that the way I see it, it's strange new worlds. There's different camera filters in Star Trek, and in the original series, basically the 20 – third century scene with a low budget camera filter. And now Strange New World is that same exact 23rd century, but seen with a high budget camera filter. So we're seeing the same future. We're just seeing it way more vividly than we could ever possibly see in the 1960s. That's not just the high definition. That's the effects. That's the creature design. That's the set design. That's all of the above. Yeah, I like to think in my mind, that Strange New Worlds is what Star Trek would have been in the 60s if Gene Roddenberry could have made it that way. Yeah, that's exactly how I view it. I mean, that's exactly the way I remember watching, for the first time, Star Trek, the 2009 J.J. Abrams film. I, I had the pleasure of seeing it on the Paramount lot like two weeks before it opened uh, with a bunch of industry insiders and I just remember being blown away by that movie and thinking this is the original series on a big budget. Not the original movies, the pacing, the the feel of it was entirely different than the original movies, but it felt like an original series story. That that the high stakes, that drama, that energy, that excitement felt original series. Whereas the original movies, which I love, I grew up on it. That's my Star Trek is the original movies. Always felt a little slower paced, a little more nostalgic, a little more like visiting old friends. And the original series has a very different, like, vibrant, upbeat energy to it. And the Kelvin movies felt just like that, but with a big budget. Uh, and, I mean, it was emotional seeing that movie for the first time because it's like this is the original series. I remember watching reruns of, of as a kid. I'm an 80s kid, so watching reruns of it and thinking this is what it always should have looked like. But 
they just, they just didn't have the money for it. And I feel the same way about Strange New Worlds. I mean, uh, you guys probably haven't talked about it yet, but the, the most recent Strange New Worlds episode, the uh, the Lotus Eaters, <laughs> I forget the name of yep. the title, but uh, yeah, that is such an original series story, but with a modern budget and modern storytelling and modern acting. And it's, yep, it's we're going to talk about that on on Thursday night. We'll be tackling that one. Yeah, and um, I think for my money, that's, that's a, a TOS episode through and through, just with a modern budget. Before we uh, get to some truck sketches here, and we start we start talking about some Gorn, and we bring Pavel on. I want to give Charles an opportunity uh, to ask you, uh, you know, a couple of questions before uh, we get into truck sketches. Do you have any questions for Andy, Charles? Oh, not yet. I think there's a couple of them I was going to ask, but I want to hear the skit first. Okay. But no, spoilers, no, spoilers on, no spoilers on Thursday's episode. I've been busy, and I haven't watched it yet. So. Oh, I won't say anything else. It's just I really enjoyed the episode. I think you'll like it. To well, me, that I, I episode and, and the courtroom episode are the best so far of season two. Well, it's not, not. variation because I've – I saw the room okay the first and third episodes. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I think well, there's a little bit of different tonight, track uh, for everybody. And keeping yeah, I mean, tonight, I've enjoyed uh, all the episodes, but so far those are my favorite. The Gorn are going to be back on Strange New World at least once. There's I'm excited one episode, Maybe two, but there's at least one. So we're going to see the Gorn again. Fingers April, crossed. Sorry. I'm hoping we see some adult Gorn this time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So well, there's a threatening Gorn ship. Yep. Yep. And, and we, yeah, maybe we'll see some Gorn females, too. At any rate. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very excited to see that, that whole species expanded upon. Without any further ado, guys, this is uh, – I, I can't say enough how funny this skit is. <laughs> um, so if you can try to imagine what's on the screen, just close your eyes and try to imagine because um, we just have the audio. You have to go to YouTube for the full video. Um, but yeah, and you'll Starship, have to watch the YouTube video because there are some uh, images, some, some Visual. I, I, I can't say too much, but there are some visual gags and jokes in it that y'all will have to just watch it to, to appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, definitely. But you'll you'll get the gist of it, and it, and you will laugh uh, tremendously just with the audio. So here it is, the audio. This is the Trek Sketch Starship Secrets, the Gorn Edition, Edition, Edition. edition Welcome edition, to the edition. first episode of Starship Secrets. I'm your host, Ensign Pavel Chekhov. Working, Chekhov, Ensign Pavel Andreevich, Enterprise, Navigator, and Bargain Bin, Davy Jones. Shut up, computer! Secret, secret, secret. Secrets were a Russian invention. They were invented by a little KGB agent from... Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a Russian invention. 
Now for the secrets. Last week, the Enterprise responded to a distress call from Cestis III. A Gorn attack. For those unaware, this is a Gorn. They are a fierce race of giant iguanas in shiny lingerie. Those who see them seldom live to tell the tale. So naturally, ever since Captain Kirk fought and beat one, he's been unbearable. Incorrigible. Like throwing alcohol at an engineer. Of course I watched the fight with the rest of the crew. It was broadcast sheep-wide, even in the boiler room where I work. This being season one of our three-season shift rotation. I'm not sure why they use that term. It's been a week since Kirk beat Space Gumby. And still, every time I pass him, Hey, Bobby! Gorn champ, coming through! Watch out for these phaser cannons! Pew, 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 pew! I have to take the Jeffreys tube to work just to avoid him. So I did a little research. It turns out when Christopher Pike was captain of the Enterprise, he also had a run-in with the Gorns. Wait, Gorns or just Gorn? You know, like Moose. Or is this a goose-geese situation? Does Gorn become Gurn? Gurn? Anyway, I found the old historical documents of Captain Pike's missions. They were streaming on Memory Alpha Plus. I haven't watched them yet, but I have a feeling that when we do, we will see that Captain Kirk was not the first human to beat the Gornsies. Let's watch together while I drink this full glass of water. Holy Stanislavski, what the hell is that thing? Was that a Gornses? Oh, that looks freaking terrifying. It looks like it's a gecko gecko mated with an effing xenomorph. Oh, I think I wet my sparkly space pants. No. No, no, no. That can't be the same thing that Captain Kirk fought. He's going to walk around like an arthritic freaking Frankenstein. Can we see another clip, computer? <laughs> Holy freaking crap, did you see that? Their babies burst out of that space merp's back! Then they started running around the ship, shooting insemination go at everybody like freaking multiple migs on silence and alarms! Though I admit, for a moment, that baby Gorn was kind of adorable. Until it started chomping people's necks. Like baby Yoda in need of an exorcist. I can't even believe what I'm seeing. It's like, OMG. Oh. My. Gorn. These are not the same Gornies that Captain Kirk fought. This. He's not even in the same freaking ballpark as this. Spawn of Satan. Maybe Kirk's Gorn was older. Like a lot older. Like some sort of centenarian geriatric geezer Gorn. I'm talking nursing home crypt keeper Gorn. The type of Gorn who gets birthday shoutouts from Willard Scott at the Today Show. I'm talking old, shaky hands, take away his driver's license, he's a danger to himself and the community type Gorn. 
You know what this means. It means for the past week, Captain Kirk has been openly bragging about committing senior abuse. And not only did he beat up on the Betty White of Gorns, but he shot it with a freaking rocket launcher. Babu, you should have seen it. I made this rocket launcher wheat. Nothing but my wheat. Big deal. All the ingredients were laying right there. Not exactly the world's hardest puzzle. Just plop them in and light the fuse. Talk to me when you've built an Ikea dresser. Not that he needed to blast that poor old walking dinosaur fossil. Two more minutes and it would have died of natural causes. I mean, come on. That old Gorn was so winded and exhausted. You saw the way he was swinging his arms. Kirk's doing his karate chopping. And meanwhile, this poor old pensioner Gorn is moving like he's broken. Swinging his arms like some sort of old lady jazzercising in a rec center pool. Also, unlike Pike's terrifying Gorn, Kirk's over-the-hill Gorn had these shiny disco ball eyes. I think he had cataracts. The captain violently assaulted an elderly, legally blind Gorn who was just one fall away from a rascal mobility scooter and 3 p.m. jello dinners, and then spent a week bragging about it like he just KO'd Ivan Drago. Suddenly, everything the captain has ever said is called into question. Was he really born in Iowa or in a shuttlecraft in deep space? And is he really the only one who calls his brother George Sam, or does literally everybody call George Sam? And his signature blonde hair, is that even real? Or just a wig he stole from the ship's hair and makeup department? Working, data entry, wig, Pavel Chekhov famously wore a lady's wig for his first six or seven missions. Shut up, computer! This is totally my real hair. Well, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Jim, some of us did put ourselves on mute so we didn't disturb the <laughs> didn't interrupt the sketch. I I couldn't stop laughing. It's so funny. I know. <laughs> well, and Thank you. okay, let me let me throw a couple of lines because I knew there were some notes I wanted to take about this. <laughs> I thought it funny when you said, "Well, was Jim was was Jim Kirk born on a spaceship or Earth?" And it's like that answer on episode three. <laughs> George Sam thing is, is, George <laughs> That was a like shout a out to <laughs> that was that specific line was a shout out to the Kelvin universe. Uh, but then yeah, they, well, they oddly enough in Strange New World, I mean spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the episode, uh, you said episode three, uh, we, yeah. we meet another Jim Kirk, not Prime Universe, not Kelvin Universe, but I don't know. Prime plus one. Yeah, and he was born in space, and so yep. everything on Earth is new to him. And and <laughs> meanwhile, I, I just released this episode like a week or two before that, and then not only did they reference that that he's born in space, but she also makes a crack about him when he says something in the episode about how you know his brother George, who he calls Sam, and and uh, she says. Oh, we all call him Sam, or something to that effect. Yeah, exactly. Which is also something that I was poking fun at with with those lines. You know, you know, does does you know is he really the only one who calls his brother George Sam, or does literally everybody call George Sam? Because anyone who's seen Strange New Worlds knows that Pike calls George Sam, and uh, the rest of the, the crew also calls yeah. George Sam. So, 
something's up with Kirk's version of that history for sure. Right. But I just thought it's funny. It's like, hey, those two lines, we just talked about them last week. Yeah, last you all, I, I started writing this episode. sketch. <laughs> yeah. And I started writing this sketch after season one finished. So in between season one and two, I wrote this sketch and, and filmed it and released it just as season one was, or season two was coming out. And so to me, it was, it was a great vindication to have those, both yeah. of those jokes kind of referenced in, in their dialogue. Andy, how long did it take you uh, to write it and, and put it all together and edit it and, and get it out there to the fans? Well, I mean, it varies. I've, I've, some of these sketches, I've, 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 I try to give myself enough time to write it so that I'm not feeling rushed. Uh, like the first season of Trek sketches, the first group of episodes I did, I gave myself about a month between each one. So I'd have a couple weeks to write. And then I'd, I'd, I would write it. I'd walk away from the script and I'd come back a week later, look at it, see what I liked and what I didn't like. And I would rewrite it until I was ready to film. And I would film it and I would edit it. And I would do, I would do the same thing while I was editing it. I would put together a cut and then I would step away for a week and then come back and kind of, polish it. And so I built that into my timeline. But this particular sketch, I mean, I started jotting down notes for it after I was on the show. And meanwhile, I was at school. So I was doing school. I didn't have time to do any truck sketches, but I was thinking about eventually I would, when I got time on spring break or the summer, I would get back to truck sketches. And I think I started writing it, like for real writing it, more than just notes over the fall or over Christmas time. I think during my Christmas break, I, I sat down and started rewriting a bunch of my sketches. So Worst Contact, which was the first sketch to come out of season two, the, the newest clump of episodes, that, that was a sketch I wrote way back when, when I first started doing Trek sketches, but I always intended to release it on First Contact Day, so I kind of kept shelving it. So at Christmas break, I, I went over and rewrote that one, and then I, I rewrote this one, um, the uh, uh, Gorn episode, and then I rewrote a couple other ones that I'm working on, Lens Flares and uh, 12 Angry Cues and, and a few other ones. And so I, I've probably been on and off again writing this sketch for a few months, several months maybe, since like last summer. Uh, and just when I had time redoing it, and then after I did Worst Contact, I filmed that during my spring break so that it would come out on First Contact Day. And then when I finally, my semester ended, and I, I got to my summer break in May is when I started rewriting, like really ferociously rewriting um, this Gorn sketch. And so it probably, I took probably a few weeks just to write it and polish it until I was happy with it. And then I filmed it. I think it took me just two days to film it. And then um, then I spent a few weeks editing it, probably two or three weeks doing an edit and then sitting on it because I like to let my mind refresh and then come back to it with fresh eyes and then kind of re-edit it from a fresh perspective and with the intention of getting it out at the beginning of June when I released it, kind of figuring that that would be when Strange New Worlds would come out, season two, and it would be kind of relevant then. Yeah, because usually we like to have, we like to have you on the show. 
we would like to have you on the show when the new Trek sketch premieres, but we we, uh, we couldn't work that into the schedule until just now, which is why, you know, we're almost a month behind. Which is fine. But that's and it cool. gives people an opportunity to, to catch it who haven't caught it yet. But, yeah, I think uh, when, I, when I spoke to you last uh, with the, the premiere of Worst Contact, uh, which is the previous sketch, I think I had already – locked down my, my script for Starship Secrets Gorn Edition, but I don't think I'd shot it yet. And same thing with the next one, Lens Flares. I mean, I, I've told you guys about Lens Flares a few times because I had it on the docket to shoot. Originally, I was going to shoot it, I think, December or so of 2021, and I shelved it so I could shoot that uh, Chekhov Christmas special. And then I moved, and then I had school, and, I, I, and it was a little technically difficult to shoot, so I was trying to figure out how to do that as well. And then I decided to do Worst Contact because, I, like I said, I, I always intended for that sketch to come out on First Contact Day. And then I figured this one would be a good next one because it would come out about the time that Strange New World Season 2 would premiere. So Lens Flares, I've had this script for the last few years and I've just been polishing it and polishing it and polishing it every time I've gotten an opportunity. I'm finally going to shoot it this week, but I'm giving myself plenty of time to release it. This one I'm not going to release until September 8th for Star Trek Day. So it'll give me well, ample opportunity to film it and to, to, to work on the edits. It's going to be tough to top this one. Uh, this one is just... I know. <laughs> Oh, I got this. This one's got everything. This, this is just oh, funny you. all the way through. And you gotta watch. <laughs> you gotta watch the video. Uh, you know, there's a lot of visual gags in it as well. Um, but yeah, I've been getting a little more bold the, with putting in images and, and and doing my photoshopping and, and just having fun with with all of that, which I didn't do as much in the other sketches. Well, when. When uh, when you show the the Kirk Gorn and the Pike Gorn, I, I was just I couldn't I couldn't stop but laughing. It's so funny. <laughs> That's Pavel. It's Pavel's reaction to that as much as what's happening in the audio as well, because Pavel is a funny dude. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've noticed you guys definitely respond to my checkoff sketches more than anything else. You guys are big checkoff fans. Yeah, he's he's it's a it's the Russian thing, you know. Yeah, he he's a That's rock star. He, yeah, he's he's twenty two sixties monkeys. He, he, he is uh, the coolest kid on that ship. When you when you said in the skit when you made the reference to Davy Jones, that was funny too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a gag that I've been pushing since the first Trek sketches is that the computer does not like Pavel at all. The computer takes every opportunity to just kind of take shots at, at our, our lovable navigator whenever it gets the chance. Well, the computer, you know, Pavel gets the last laugh because Pavel's thumb becomes president of the Federation. So the computer can do <laughs> on that. That's true. That's true. And then he can rewrite the computer for all he wants. Too, because he's the president. He can do what he wants. 
So, uh, Charles, did you, want to ask, um, did you want to ask Andy anything? Well, okay. How many uh, – I know you get a chance to talk to him frequently. How many Ikea dressers has Pavo put together? Ah, oh, Pavel does not like Man, Ikea. Man, back in the 22s and 23s, and Ikea is still going strong. Yeah, and, and as complicated as ever. The instruction manuals have not gotten more simplified in the 23rd century. And if anything, they've gotten more complicated. And missing screws, and then uh, just it's a nightmare. So Pavel requires a little bit of furniture. Requires the engineer to come in and help. Yeah, and, and Scotty is not the engineer you want helping. I mean, after he's had a few whiskeys, he's just no use with uh, an IKEA dresser. And, and I uh, love the comments that people say, "Well, how can we have these references going back to so far back?" <laughs> yeah, he references Betty White, and it's like, okay, Betty White's still an icon. Back in the <laughs> well, as I uh, <laughs> if Tom Paris can be a fan of movies and 20th century vehicles, uh, Chekhov's thing is definitely 20th, 21st century pop culture references. He's, yeah. he's lo- watched a lot of episodes of Celebrity Jeopardy, especially <laughs> the Russian version. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Andy is is. Is Pavel available? Is he is he nearby, or is he busy shoveling coal for Captain Kirk? You know, he might be shoveling, but I bet you he'd, he'd willingly take a break. Hey, Pavel! Well, he's got, he's... Yeah, the guys, they want to talk to you. But, yo, truck talking guys. Yes, again, they want to talk to you again. You're popular <laughs> with them, what can I say? Yeah, come on, put the shovel down, come over here. Hello, this is Bubble Kickoff. Uh, I put my shovel down. Do you want to talk to me? Hey, Bubble. Yeah. Long time no here. What's up, Pavel? Welcome to the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Good to talk to you guys again, as always. So, uh, we were just watching a historical document, and we were shocked to find out the truth. The truth, because we always knew the truth was out there, but now we know for sure about Kirk and the Gorn. Why did you keep it secret oh, all these yeah. years? Why didn't you come out? Those historical documents were absolutely terrifying. I tell you, when I watched those, my sparkly space pants, woof, I had to run them to the wash a few times. I, I had no idea. I took his word for it. He'd be bragging about the guns he fought, and, you know, we saw them on the screen. I guess from a distance, that guy looked kind of terrifying, you know, like the gecko gecko or the big green... Uh, giants with the, the string beans. It looks scary, I suppose. But but then you watch the historical documents of Captain Pike's mission, and oh my God, that corn has sharp teeth and hisses, and it looks like nightmares. And suddenly, everything Kirk says is called into question. Like I said, uh, is he really the only person who calls his brother George Sam, or does everybody do it? I think everybody does it. And is that Gorn really a scary opponent? Or was that Gorn like the oldest person ever? Was he senior abusing over there? I think it was not very impressive. I think he was attacking some old man. Why why did you wait so long to come out with the truth? 
well, you know, I had to wait until Captain Kirk goes to bed and I record my episodes. And, you know, I had to broadcast it on a channel that he doesn't monitor and Uhura doesn't monitor. She might say something. You know, I got to be very careful. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm still Ensign. Fingers crossed I won't be Ensign forever. <laughs> I'm waiting, though, but, you know, yeah. not forever. We've heard, we've heard about an Ensign that was – heard about a guy who was an Ensign for seven years. It's a very long time to be an Ensign. I mean, I'm yeah. doing my duty. I'm working my butt off. And still, I'm the Ensign. I don't get it. Well, so I, I, I wanted to, we... to know what kind of fraud Kirk was, but I didn't want it to get – you know, out there that I was the one doing it, so I had to do it secret. So, what what happened to the to the senior Gorn after uh, Kirk spared his geriatric life? Did did the Metron tell you, or did it was beamed away and that was it? Yeah, the the sparkly guy he he showed up and he's only he's telling Kirk, uh, oh, congratulations for not killing the Gorn. You win the prize. Do you want to kill the Gorn? And Kirk said, no, don't kill the Gorn. And I think the Gorn probably went back to his ship, which as far as I'm concerned is probably a floating nursing home. It's probably like a Sunnyside, you know, South Florida nursing home resort, Jello dinners, Matlock on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> sponge bath, you know. And and this is the ship that we were chasing. And you cut the side, oh, yeah, I'll fight that old geriatric goon. Why not? I love beating up old people. <laughs> and he did a good job, about it. Yeah, I mean, sure, anyone could beat up a, a super elderly I mean, he shot him with a rocket launcher. That was insane. And he's bragging about that, too. Never mind that all the ingredients were right there. I mean, a child could put together that puzzle. <laughs> very true. Very true. But what but he was very true? pleased with himself. So he was like, good job. Here's your uh, little candy, your lollipop for doing a good job, Captain. Sometimes you have to be really nice to him, otherwise he gets upset. Well, what did the rest of the crew think about, you know, what happened on the planet? Like Scotty and, and Bones and, and uh, Spock, were were they behind the, the senior abuse? or? What, what they well, they did, that's the thing. They didn't know. They they watched the video like the rest of us, and on, you know, on the big screen, far away, uh you know, zoomed out for the stunt. It looked convincing. And we all thought, oh, scary Gorn. I don't want to fight the dinosaur monster. And they don't know that I did this research that I looked into. it. They don't know about Pike's missions and the historical documents. So, I mean, I'm hoping to get the word out to the rest of the crew. So maybe, you know, next time, uh, you know, Captain Kirk's birthday comes along, but he doesn't get as many presents. He doesn't get, uh, you know, the accolades that I don't think he deserves. I don't think he deserves to get congratulations for fighting an elderly person. I mean, that'd be like beating up, you know, Clint Eastwood. I mean, sure, back in the 60s, <laughs> thumbs up. But today, 97-year-old Clint Eastwood, I mean, in your day anyways, 97-year-old Clint Eastwood, Who's going to congratulate you for that? That's, that's horrible. Lock you up for that. 
And, and it's the same thing with Argorn. The man is so old. It is like, I didn't think reptiles could get that old, but this, this is like one of those turtles that is just alive for centuries. And Kirk kicked it in the face. Yeah. Oh, well, do they have Gorn in Russia? Is this a Russian thing, or or what? What what's the deal with the Gorn? Absolutely, reptiles are a Russian invention. They were invented by a scaly old lady from Leningrad. And the <laughs> Gorn, I think it was a Russian, was the first person to meet a Gorn. Uh, it was Ivan Gornovich, and named it after himself. <laughs> I mean, they probably had their own name. I don't know what they called themselves. But he said, you know what? I found it first. They're called the Gornses. And it stuck. Wow. I'll have to, I'll have to go and check the historical yeah, but Ivan Gornovich doesn't get the, the recognition that he should get. It's really sad. Well, Captain Kirk needs, needs some recognition, too. Uh, he's desperate for recognition, that guy. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. So needy. Everyone, look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain. I was born in Iowa or maybe space. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Look at my hair. How perfect. Maybe a little too perfect. Very suspicious. Well, he did save the whales, though. We got to give him that. That's true. I mean, I was there, too. Maybe I did a little something or other. But sure, Captain Kirk saved the whales all by himself. Yeah. I mean, if you it wasn't save the whales, Chekhov too. And Uhura, they would not have gotten the radiation they needed to get back to the future or whatever. That's true. That's very, very true. And, and you got it from the Enterprise. I almost got my brain cut open in the process, too. Kirk. What happened to him? He got to have a beer, a pizza, and a chick. Me, I get to fall and smash my brains in. Oh, lucky checkoff. Ah! <laughs> Why can't I ever go on a mission where I get beer, pizza, and a girl? Well, maybe the next movie. Maybe fingers crossed. That would be nice. Well, maybe the next one. Maybe you'll have maybe you'll have even son that's successful. Ah, fingers crossed. That would be nice. Anything to stop Sulu and Sulu bragging about his daughter over and over again. And in that movie, I mean, in that adventure, he got to fly a helicopter. I get to fall, he gets to fly a helicopter. It's not fair. Oh, Hikaru, oh, today, Demora drew a picture of the Enterprise and me driving it. <laughs> oh, give me a break, Sulu. And you should have seen the picture, by the way. It was circles and lines. It looked like ah, the Enterprise vomiting. But uh, it's but, his but, daughter. You have to be nice about it. Pavel, you did get a space bug in your ear, though. Who Again, that? I, get, I get bugs. I get a worm crawling into my brain. And Sulu, he, he, he gets to just fly the ship. It's unfair. And and I get I get to, to, to be brainwashed by Khan and then Sulu gets a captaincy. How is that fair? That that's not nobody's getting checked But you be your son becomes president. So that's not bad. I guess. Maybe in the future he can write some parking tickets for the Excelsior. That'll show Sulu. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Well, uh, Charles, did you have any anything you wanted to ask Pavel while we've got him out of the engine room? No, you kind of got you kind of covered all bases on it. So I can't He's wait to hear more important. of his adventures. Yeah, me neither. Oh, and I seem to have so much. many adventures. And so long as my adventures are better than Sulu, thumbs up from me. Wow, he just he just runs around with his little sword. He doesn't really do much. I know. He gets all the glory. He pilots the ship. Just because I'm a glorified GPS, and he's the one who actually flies the ship. Hey, don't underestimate the GPS. Without it, you would be lost. You never would have got to Cestus 3. Absolutely. We would have ended up at Cestus 2. And Khan could have been there waiting for you. You never know. So it, if it weren't for me, the Enterprise would be way worse off than it always is. You know, Pavel, I wonder what Khan would have done if he ran into the Gorn. Well, if he was smart, he would have turned around and run. If it was a young would run. If it was an elderly Gorn, I don't know, sit around and wait for it to die of a heart attack? Uh, old age? <laughs> to get bored and fall asleep? <laughs> yep, you never know. Well, the Gordon might sit there and look at his look at his open chest and be impressed. I know. They, that's that's giving credit where credit is due. Khan has done a lot of push-ups. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, that chest is like baboom. It's like the Grand Canyon of chest. Going to say Kirk doesn't mm-hmm. have a six-pack like that. Absolutely not. I mean, genetically engineered. I'm all there for it. I could use some genetic engineering. I, I think I think Kirk's got more like a twelve pack, huh? And some days just a keg. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, Pavel, we've had a we've had a lot of fun checking in with Chekhov, and we appreciate all of your adventures, and we're eagerly awaiting the next one. So thanks for hanging out with us, and if you don't mind, head on back down to the engine room and, uh, you know, shovel some coal and keep Captain Kirk happy and uh, fetch, fetch Andy and, and put him back on the phone for us. Thank you so much, Pavel. Absolutely. My pleasure. Always nice to talk to you guys. Huh? I'll be getting Good back to shoveling the coal now. Ta-ta. Take it easy, Pavel. All right. I'm coming back to work. Keep that pants on. Okay, I'm back. Uh, we we just had a fun little chat with Pavel. He's he's a very adventurous and very boisterous individual when he gets rolling. Oh yeah, he seemed animated from where I was standing. Yeah, he he's got something. He's I don't know. He's got something out for Captain Kirk. I don't know. Yeah, he, he definitely seems like Kirk rubs him the wrong way. Maybe he's a little jealous of, of Kirk's way with the women. Kirk's Captaincy uh, and poor old Ensign Ensign Chekhov just he looks up to him, but at the same time he's envious. Well, you know, look at Wesley Crusher. He became an acting ensign before he even went to academy, and then he became a full fledged ensign before the show even ended. And here's Pavel; he's just been an ensign the whole time. So, you know, yeah. he's ensign for life. 
Wesley gets to be a traveler and bend space and time, and, and Chekhov gets worms in his ears. So it's it's not fair, but it could be worse. He could be Harry Kim. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> ensign for life. <laughs> yep, lifetime ensign. So Andy, is there anything else that you're that you're uh, currently working on that you want to uh, let people in on? Well, like I said, um, this week I'm planning to shoot finally lens flares, which is uh, my my sketch, my nod to uh, the Kelvin universe and the the brightly lit enterprise of the Kelvin universe, and um, and that's the the official end of season two, as I will be getting back to school, but I do actually have. Season three and season four of Trek Sketches knocked out. I've got some exciting episodes coming up. I've, I've got 12 Angry Cues, which I'm excited about, which is uh, a look at the Q deliberations on the fate of humanity as seen in uh, Encounter at Farpoint. I've got uh, a return of Gerald and Karen. If you guys remember Klingon Vacation, uh, they will be yep. going on a Cardassian vacation. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be seeing them again. Uh, and I, I've got a couple more checkoff sketches coming up. Uh, so, uh, and oh, and worst contact. Uh, we we that sketch ended with uh, with uh, us discovering exactly how the mirror universe was created. And so I, I want to return and uh, see where where uh, Bob Junior Junior and Buck are up to with the beginnings of the Terran Empire. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That so we'll, might not be that. coming out until like that might be season four, so it might be a little while. But I like I said, I've, I've got a bunch of episodes I've written, I've got ideas, I've got things lined up. Uh, so it's just a matter of when I have an opportunity to film it, edit it, and get it out there. But but right. I'm enjoying the heck out of making these sketches, and I love premiering them on this show. And so as far as I'm concerned, this is – going to be happening for a long time. Uh, whenever I've got time, I'll be filming sketches for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which Cardassia they end up at. Pre-war, war, uh, uh, occupied, uh, Dominion War. Oh, which Cardassia? Or maybe, yeah. maybe Canada. Might be Kim Kardashian too. You never know. <laughs> you never know. It, it's definitely whatever Kardashian it is. You can bet it's not going to be a great vacation for Gerald. He always seems to get the short end of the stick. Karen, she does all right, but Gerald, oh, he got pretty bloody on Kronos. I don't yeah, think he wants he to visit during the during the Dominion War. That would probably be a bad idea. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> Very bad idea. Well, Andy, yeah. uh, so uh, you've got Making Space Star Trek, right? And yes. making few people get a hold of either one of those two books. Uh, those books uh, right now are out of print, but um, they're, they were on Amazon for the longest time, and there's always possibility they could be back on Amazon. Uh, once we get them back up there, uh, anyone who goes to the Trek Star Trek, the official Star Trek tour in Ticonderoga, there is a copy of Making Fake Star Trek 
which is the behind-the-scenes story of uh, the Star Trek New Voyages fan film featuring Walter Koenig as Chekhov. Uh, there's a copy of that at the, I think it's called the Black Tower Library. Sounds like something out of like Game of Thrones. But they've got a copy of that book. Otherwise, I am working on getting those books back out onto Amazon. Uh, and then they'll tell the story of, of behind-the-scenes look at the making of the New Voyages fan films and the chaos involved in making a fan film. Yeah. Now, let me see if I, I have – yeah, you know what? We've got some time. So I think I have here – I think this might be uh, your first um, unofficial Trek skit, maybe. But this was a this was a, a a commercial, a little clip that Andy had put together for us to play on the podcast to promote uh, making fake Star Trek. And we have some time here, so I'm going to play it for you guys so you can get a flavor for it. You guys done cleaning your room yet? Oh my god! Hey, you guys are playing Star Trek. Cool. You know, I I used to be in Star Trek. Really? Well, I mean, I mean, not really. I'm kind of. Kind of. <laughs> well, it, it looked like Star Trek. It just wasn't. Not really. Were you or weren't you, Dad? I was. Just, you know, not real Star Trek. Fake Star Trek? No. Well, yeah. But we had real sets, real costumes, amazing special effects from Emmy Award winner Doug Drexler. <laughs> and makeup by Oscar winner Kevin Haney. And an original screenplay by legendary Star Trek writer D.C. Fontana. Okay, well, you'll appreciate those names when you get older. The point is, we had a perfect recreation of the original Star Trek series if it had been renewed for a fourth season. With Emmy winners, Oscar winners, Trekkies, an Elvis impersonator, and Walter Koenig. The original Chekhov himself, Walter Koenig. On TV? No, not on TV. It was a web series before anyone even knew or cared about what that was. But we had DVDs. You just carry that with you? We got the real checkup to be in our episode. Look, look at this. I got pictures. See, there's me. There's Walter Koenig, Star Trek's Chekhov. He even wrote something to me. To Andy. To you I hand the torch, be it yours to hold it high. Bet he doesn't just write that to anybody, huh? And look at those uniforms. Real legit looking. Makeup. Huh? Yeah, I play Chekhov, young Chekhov. You look like David Jones. How do you even have that reference on standby? You know what? Never mind. The point is, I was in Star Trek. Fake Star Trek. Sort of Star Trek. Fake Star Trek. Yeah, but like with lots of real Star Trek people in it, so probably closer to real Star Trek than fake Star Trek. Dad, I'm kind of busy here. Huh? What are you doing, Dad? Huh? I can do the voice. That always impressed people. This is sad. Ensign Pavel Chekhov, USS Enterprise. This is getting very Russian. I'm gonna tell mom you're holding on to past glories again. Look, I wrote a book about it. It's called Making Fake Star Trek. Yeah, fake. It's a funny memoir about making a Star Trek fan film with Walter Koenig, the real Chekhov. It's about a Trekkie's dream come true gone horribly wrong. Huh? Sad. Here, I'll just leave this with you. Neat. I don't care, Dad. Just, you know, just mind the curse words. Curse words? Wait, no, don't be excited about that. Give me that. Give me. 
Gimme! <laughs> Making Fake Star Trek, a book by Andy Bray and John Lim. You can order it now on Amazon, in paperback or Kindle. No, you can't have it! Buy it on Amazon today! So, Andy, actually, your son, after that, became like a bigger star than you, right? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, we were at a Star Trek convention, and uh, he got pulled aside by some um, someone at StarTrek.com. They were they were trying to film a bunch of kids dressed in uniform or dressed in costume and quiz them on Star Trek, and he really knew his stuff, and he impressed them. And then a couple months later, I wrote an article for StarTrek.com called uh, How to uh, Raise Your, Your – your kid to be a Star Trek fan. And uh, in it, I mentioned the name Cube because I mentioned my kids. I mentioned Ty, Jude, and Malcolm. And so after I wrote it, the folks there at StarTrek.com reached out to me and said, your son is Jude? And they mentioned that they met him at, at the convention in Vegas and, and they were impressed by his knowledge of Star Trek. And so they asked if he could come down and do some videos with them. So we went down, June and I, to Secret uh, Hideout, Alex Kurtzman's production company in Santa Monica, which, by the way, is super cool. <laughs> it's got, uh, they've got, I mean, it's incredible. It's a geek stream. You walk in there and they've got like a Klingon head on the reception table. They've got that, if you remember the first episode of Star Trek Discovery, the Klingon spacesuit, that really elaborate outfit. Um, and, and Michael Burnham accidentally stabs it and, and starts the whole war. They've got that thing. They've got a Borg, and they've got a, a mural on the wall with Hura and Picard, and they've got a Star Trek pinball machine. And so Jude was just in heaven there, and they had like one of those Spock blinking light hats from the 1970s. Uh, those, you know what I'm talking about. That. They're really bizarre, like toy that kids could buy that was basically a helmet with like a strobe light on it or a police light on it and it said Spock. Nothing Spock ever wore on the original Star Trek but for some reason it became a toy and they, they filmed Jude wearing it and they filmed him going around Secret Hideout and then uh, he got to watch Star Trek Picard, the premiere episode before it premiered and, and basically they were filming his reaction and then they brought him back to do the next episode to get his reaction. And then they brought him back to do a painting with Issa Briones from Star Trek Picard. Uh, both of them painting the Data's daughter, that, that painting that was featured heavily in the first couple episodes of Star Trek Picard season one. And so for a, a good stretch of about a year, he was like all over Star Trek.com. And he was just loving it because we'd go there and they would – you know, they, they they very politely asked us not to look in the writer's room because the writer's room was right there with like a glass door and white marker board. And on it, the entire season of, I think at that point it was Star Trek Discovery Season 4, written out on marker, marker board. So if we had just looked, you know, into that room, we would have gotten spoilers galore. And uh, just wall to wall, even we, we went into Alex Kurtzman's office and just collectibles, Star Trek collectibles everywhere. And it was just incredible. And they would give us, they gave him like 
model Star Trek ships, the, the Eagle Moss models, uh, every time we visited, and a shirt, uh, a Picard vineyard shirt, and, and Issa, who was just super sweet and kind to him, posing with photos and just loving every moment because she thought he was so adorable. And so, yeah, he, he became a, a bigger Star Trek uh, 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 star than, than I did with my New Voyages fake Star Trek. Well, Andy, I looked well, at I, 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 I looked on I looked on Amazon. It's like one of your books is still up there. The making more making more fake Star Trek. Man, looking at that price, it might be worth putting it up putting a copy up to sell. <laughs> they went I know, I've got ninety nine ninety nine nineteen for it. Yeah, it's Unfortunately, it's it's off sale right now. It's not in print, yeah. and so whomever put that copy up has it for an outrageous price. And I know there have been people asking about it, and unfortunately, it's out of press right now. Um, John decided that that we should take it off sale for for now, and um, but I'm I'm working on putting out my own version of it with just my stuff in it. Uh, so that I can put it back on sale, so that it's not just a a one-time book that was out for a year and then is no longer able to be found. Because I, I really enjoyed writing it, and I, I really enjoyed putting it out there, and I, I think people have really enjoyed reading it. So in the future, and I have no idea when I'll get a chance to do this, I do want to put a, a new a new version of it out there that we can put back on Amazon. Well, Andy, I, I got to say I love the Gorn sketch. It, I think it's one of your best by far. Thank you. And uh, best of luck with that. And I want to I want to say thank you. Make sure you say thank you to Pavel for taking time out of the engine room to come and chat with us. We really well. appreciate that. <laughs> and and thank you so much to you for taking time out of your schedule to hang out and trek talk with a couple of Trekkies. Thank you so much. We enjoy having you on every time. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love being on, even when it's just talking Star Trek and you know, getting into the thick of Gorn and, and possible Gorn backgrounds and, and Gorn genetics. That kind of nerd talk, I actually live for. I love it. Well, well maybe, we can get you back for the, maybe we can get you back for the Strange New World Gorn episode. Hell yeah, yeah. We'll pop on again. I'd love to debate it. Oh, and I, I meant to say also, since you played that video footage with, with Jude, he is going to be in an upcoming Trek sketch. And I, I don't want to say what role he's playing because I, I think it, it's going to be a fun surprise for you guys, and you'll dig it. But Jude will make an appearance on Trek sketches. Is he going to be a baby born? <laughs> so that would be fun, but that's not the role that, that I've got him lined up to play. But that would be a, a fun future role. He could be the baby Gorn, and you could be the geriatric Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> there are days I feel like a geriatric Gorn. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. And of course, you know, I got to say thank you so much to Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Charles. It was fun as always. Yes, it was. I'm glad I could make it. And just to let you guys know, Thursday night, same bat time, same bat channel, 
we'll be talking about the Lotus Eaters, which is the episode that was on Thursday night. Uh, last Thursday, we'll be talking about that this Thursday, and we'll have the whole crew with us. So you want to check that out. And head over to our Facebook page. There's all kinds of great stuff there that you can check out. And we just appreciate each and every one of you guys because Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe it. All right, guys, hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.